The podcast Matrix is a system, listener. One that's based on experience, skill sets, and you. There are other hosts, but what I'm telling you is that when it's time to dodge the billing bullets for hosting your entire podcast library online, you won't need to. Plug into the real world podcast hosting solution now at podcastermatrix.com. That's podcastermatrix.com. But why do we enjoy being scared? Why are we determined to relive the fear we endured back when we were children and the dark itself instilled us with terror? outside our windows at night, or what's making that sound under our beds, can be crippling. We tell ourselves there's nothing to be afraid of, but there is nothing rational about the terror we feel. It is everything. It's not often that a piece of literature comes along, rummages through your worst fears, and slaps you right in the face with them. But here we are. Get ready to believe in monsters, as Two Guys Talking Horror takes a look at Something is Killing the Children. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, to another edition of Two Guys Talking Horror. I'm one of your hosts, Nicholas J. Hearn. And I'm your other host, Jason Contini. Jason, we have so much awesomeness to talk about during this episode. I am forgoing housekeeping. That's oh. right. No housekeeping at all. We're wow. getting straight to the meat of this episode, which is something is killing the children. Let's jump in. When the children of Archer's Peak begin to go missing, everything seems hopeless. Most children never return. But the ones that do have terrible stories, impossible stories, of terrifying creatures that live in the shadows. Their only hope of finding and eliminating the threat is the arrival of a mysterious stranger. One who believes the children and claims to see what they can see. Her name is Erica Slaughter. She kills monsters. That is all she does, and she bears the cost, because it must be done. For as awesome as that plot synopsis sounds, the book is so much more. So much more. Released in September of 2019 by writer James Tinian IV, artist Werther... Deledra, I'm, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that right. I don't know. You, I, yeah, I that's am. what I would have said, so you know. Yeah, and then colorist Miguel Merto. This book came 
came out of, well, I want to say it came out of nowhere because it kind of seemed like, oh, hey, so there's going to be this new horror book. Mm-hmm. And people are like, oh, okay, another horror book. And then, oh, well, it's going to be uh, written by James Tenney and the Fourth. Oh, what's it called? Something is Killing the Children. Ooh. Yeah. And I, I remember it being on my radar. I was like, I've got to remember when that book comes out, I, I need to give that first issue a, a, a look-see. Yeah. And then literally the month, the month before it comes out, there is this, oh my God, this is going to be the greatest book that's ever been released, and you must get it. Don't forget that prior to that first month, it was a miniseries that was announced. It was like, what, was like five or six issue miniseries? Yeah, something nice and short. And that's why I was thinking, okay, yeah, I'll get that because it's a miniseries, no big deal. But then the fever that hit on this thing a month before it came out just exploded everywhere so much so that that it it wound up on on your radar and my radar and yes you and i are both big comic book fans and collectors but when it comes to the indie stuff and especially a new property like this was at that time it it is rare for you and i to both be interested and jump in on a new series at the same time. Yeah. Usually, you know, if it's a series that we're both reading, you get me into it four or five issues in or vice versa. Right. Or, you know, it's something that we both look at in trades down the line. It's rare that we both pick up the first issue at the same time mm. or want to. And and we were both of that mindset when the when this fever pitch of interest like exploded in what would the, i guess august of 2019 i guess that would have been yeah yeah i'm usually pretty on top of my game when it comes to you know the comic book collecting but uh i was on vacation it was a pseudo it was like a late anniversary but also my wife's birthday vacation you know and we were we were out of town and i'm like well that's no big deal most cities have a comic book store i can pick up the things that are not on my pull list, uh, there, you know, no big deal. You know, that Wednesday comes around, and I'm reading online the Tuesday Tuesday night before all the new stuff hits. Oh, no, no. Oh, it's crazy, folks. There's no issues of uh, something is killing the children, number one. They're, they're all, it's already gone into, uh, it's already gone into a second print. And I'm like, what? But, but, okay, I gotta find it tomorrow. And the problem is, is that I'm driving through these podunk towns, I can't find an issue. Mm-hmm. So I remember I get I get back into town and we immediately start the great quest mm-hmm. of hitting all the usual uh, usual comic shops that we go to to get our our fix. And nobody had anything until luckily I think it, our fifth try. I think so, and they they had one. One issue, and it was a variant cover. And I'm like, I don't care about the cover. I just want to be able to read this issue. Mm-hmm. And they held it, drove over there, picked it up. And you you were ordering yours. Yes, because it had sold out. Again, while you were out of town, I was trying to get it, and it had sold out. It was already on the way. It had already been ordered, yeah, because right. I, I was like, well, I'm going to go to mycomicshop.com and, and order it right now right. before yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's impossible to get. Because I think it was, was it that morning maybe, or maybe the week before the book came out, something like that, they had announced 
that it was no longer a miniseries. Yeah. It was a it was a week or two or something like that. It was like, oh, this isn't a miniseries anymore. It's an ongoing. It hadn't even come out yet, and it was yeah. already pushed into an ongoing. And I think that kind of hype sold it out everywhere. So yeah, I was I was happy that I had ordered it. Yeah, you you had gotten that that last copy that that shop had the variant cover, and and I had mine on my way, and neither one of us knew what to expect from this thing. Not at all. And we've both given plenty of indie comics a try with a first issue, and specifically horror comics, because right now, over the last five years, there is a massive, massive interest in horror comics all of a sudden right now. It's a renaissance, baby. It's huge. So we've tried many of first issues, and some have been great, but a lot have not. Yeah. So, you know, we thought, uh... I hope this lives up to the hype. If it was just, eh, we wouldn't be doing a podcast episode devoted to it, now would we? (laughs) (laughs) We're not going to give a lot of spoilers away for this, folks, because we really want people, if you're not reading Something is Killing the Children, there are two great trades out right now. The third is on its way. You need to pick this book up or go hunt the individual issues. So we're going to keep it really vague. Like the plot says, yes, this is a world where monsters exist, and luckily, this is also a world where people fight those monsters. And one of the characters, the main character, she is the main character of the story. Yeah. You don't have a book without Erica Slaughter. Simplicity is something I'm going to use a lot by describing this book. The simplicity of Erica Slaughter's character when introduced. Hmm. The man with no name. Yeah, very much I so. will. I will, I will use the great Clint Eastwood character as an example. When she first shows up in the book, you know, she's coming out of the woods. She's covered in blood. She's always wearing this bandana mask that has this toothy, demonic grin on it. And like fangs, like it's just yeah. the, it's just the teeth in like this grin formation with two big giant fangs. I think if I, if yeah. I remember right, yeah, blonde hair pulled back in a in a high ponytail, and these eyes, these just they're huge. They're huge mm-hmm. eyes with the dark circles. I remember seeing this character walk out of the woods covered in blood, holding I want to say it was uh, a giant machete. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think you're and, right. And waiting for her is this little girl on a cart who doesn't have any limbs, no arms, no legs, and missing an eye. So you go, oh, shit, this, this girl's in, uh, I, I guess the monster got her but didn't kill her. And you get this exchange between the two of them. You know, the little girl's like, you kill it? You know, and Erica's like, yeah. And, and there's this moment of silence where, and you don't know these characters at all, but you can feel this tension just by reading it. And this is literally two pages into this book, and mm-hmm. I am engrossed. And the character of Erica Slaughter only gets more and more interesting and complicated as the series goes on. Yeah, very much so. Especially as the more intricate plot starts to come out and I know that you you know you, you mentioned simplicity which I think is a great way to explain this entire series because it is a simple book simple art simple story and yet 
it's so intricate and so uh, detailed, including the art, as simple mm-hmm. as it is, is so specific. And yeah, it, you know, it as the as the plot of it starts to build, you, you get to know Erica more, and and she, along with all of the other characters, start to become more detailed and more rounded. Oh yeah, yeah. Now, now you said that there were a lot of other characters in this mm-hmm. in this book, and and they all play their roles. But I think uh, one of the most important characters is young James, who is a survivor of an yeah. attack. I, I would even venture to say that James is probably the supporting lead, if you will. Like he that very much so. Yes. Yeah. He you know if if Erica is the primary lead principal character, James is second. I think yeah. James has a sleepover with a handful of friends and they're daring themselves to go out into the woods because James says he saw a monster and they're going to, you know, the whole truth or dare thing. And it's like, you're reading this and it's holy crap. This is, this is me when I was a kid. This is, this is me and my friends when I was a kid. This oh, especially stupid... you because you had the woods right there. Well, right. This is the stupid shit we would do. And I find myself getting more and more invested where these these characters concerned. I don't know these characters, but I'm transported into a moment of my childhood that is, is resembling what I'm seeing on the pages. I'm just, I'm locked now. It's like, I am invested. I have to see where this goes. And I don't know if it was my own subconscious I don't know if it was intentional on the writer. I mean, who knows? Maybe he is a magician. I have not felt fear while reading a comic book until this one. Mm -hmm. Because it tapped into something from my childhood that reminded me of why I was and still am to this day afraid of the dark. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I don't. I've read a lot of horror comics and some of them, like some of the walking dead issues, they get intense and they mm-hmm. get crazy. I never felt scared while reading it. Certainly never felt scared of the situation. Maybe, maybe some of the human characters, but, but never the, the horror aspect of it. And throughout all of the horror comics I've read, I've never felt that kind of fear until the very first issue of something is killing the children. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it goes back to that, the simplicity, Yeah, the simplicity is. of art. There's, there's enough there for you to fill in yep. the rest with your imagination. And it, it only gives you what's needed too, which I think mm-hmm. is nice. You know, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't bog you down with 30 pages of backstory that you need to know to find. No, it's just, it taps into something that is inherent in everyone that everyone at some point in time in their life has experienced and knows. And it just drops you right into that mentality. And it says, okay, here you go. And it does not give you anything that you don't need. That first issue. I remember just finishing that first issue and going, holy shit. And and even though you don't meet him in the first issue, there is another important character that pertains to the story, and that's Tommy. Now Tommy is a teenager; he's a high schooler, a little bit older than uh, than James, and his sister is actually one of the children that have gone missing. So his family life is just torn all to shreds. 
And being the good big brother that he is, he's bound and determined to figure this out. And when he sees Erica hanging around with the little kid who supposedly killed all of his friends, but there's no proof to it, he's got to find out the answers. And he, he feels that they have the answers. And Tommy is your non-believer character. Mm-hmm. He's, the, he's, he's your townie character that you follow. And I got to tell you, for the most part, I really found Tommy annoying. Oh, really? Early. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. In the early issues, I guess he was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if it was if he was just the brooding guy who had lost his sister and didn't know where she was, I could deal with that. But it kind of seemed like they threw that and then let's pile all the other teen angst we can. Yeah, that's that's because his his parents are separated. His dad is a drunk. His mom is a basket case now because the, the, you know, the little sister is gone. And it's just like, bad is bad. But I mean, how much you want, how much shit do you want to shovel onto this character? And he was playing too type perfectly, which annoyed the hell out of me. And it's not until later on in the story where he becomes the reluctant hero. Yeah, it's, um, I think he, he grows on you so much so that, the events that happen in the second and and I guess third story arc, I don't know. It felt like two and three, the second arc and the third arc to me were kind of one long giant arc. Mm. But um, but anyway, the point is that the things that occur in those arcs revolving around Tommy, you know, I, I found those to be quite poignant and and like your typical hero. Yeah, yeah. There are a lot of other characters that that play important roles in the book. And, you know, I was just talking about, or let's say, hinting at things that occur to Tommy as the, the series goes on. But there are many of those characters that show up revolving around Tommy. You know, you've got the sheriff in town and you've got Tommy's mother who does show up and, you know, she becomes a little bit more of a focal character. But I think the other major group of characters that need to be mentioned for for this kind of a review Mm -hmm. you can't talk about this book without mentioning them the house of slaughter and the order of saint george if there was a hook they'd be right here yep because this what takes it from being oh so she's like buffy well no she's the winchesters Right, right. It's like supernatural. Well, no, it's not like supernatural. No, I mean it's it. It has elements that you could kind sure. of parallel to, but sure. But no, the House of Slaughter. It, well, I mean, her name is Erica Slaughter. She is an orphan, and the reason why she's an orphan is because monsters killed her family, and there is the Order of Saint George, which evidently this order takes wayward children the victims of monster attacks who have become orphaned and place them in houses. And Erica just so happened to end up in the house of slaughter. And there are other houses out there. And within the houses, there are you'd call clans? I guess groupings, cl- I don't, yeah, clans and cliques. And there's a hierarchy within each house. And then and I guess the, high, the, the higher... Uh, heads of the houses all kind of report to the the order itself and it's a very secretive clandestine kind of x-files secret group of 
of yeah. monster hunters. You, def they, you definitely got an Illuminati feel. Yeah, Illuminati, Freemason kind of like weird. We've been there all along through history, pulling the strings and 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 a lot of what what Nick and I are saying about this, especially in regard to the Order of Saint George, for us is a lot of it is conjecture because they haven't really gone into a whole lot. I mean, yeah. the, the, the second and third arc certainly dives more into it, but not enough to really fill in those blanks yet. There's a lot yeah. to learn there. In fact, one thing I learned just about a week or so ago, and I don't know if you know this, Nick, they have officially announced the book is getting a spinoff. Really? It is getting a spinoff ongoing series called The Order of St. George. Now, they haven't said, or at least the article I was reading has not said what the spinoff will exactly focus on in regard to the order, but it's getting a second book just because well, there's, because there's so much huge. about, there's so much, yeah, it is huge. There's so much of the order that we don't know that it's getting a, its own damn spinoff. Yeah. So that right there, that should tell you something. Any of if you're listening to this episode just because you enjoy listening to Jason and I talk about stuff, great. If you're listening to this episode because you're a huge fan of horror comic books and you want to give this a try, awesome, glad you're here. If you're listening to this episode because you love something is killing the children as much as we do and want to hear us geek out about it, great. Because there is so much more in store and we will delve into that after we take a quick break. So now's the time, stretch your legs, turn on all the lights, make sure that there's nothing under your bed or in the closet, and we'll be right back. Thought about a career in voiceover? Need a great cost-effective on-hold message for your organization or business? Don't know where to start? Check out The Voice Farm, your one-stop shop for voiceover needs. Check it out now by accessing The Voice Farm at voicefarmers.com and see what difference can be made with a company that is truly outside the box. From The Voice Box, voicefarmers.com. That's voicefarmers.com. For most, Friday the 13th means... Jason Voorhees. What a lot of people don't know, however, is that there was another Friday the 13th, the television series. Join your podcast hosts, Mike and Nick, as they review the search for cursed antique goods during a perspective review of Friday the 13th, the series. It's the Curious Goods Podcast. Check it out now at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. That's CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Everyone knows you'll spend at least double the time you use to create the podcast when editing it. Then there's the control freak factor, the gotta get it right factor, and well, it's time to shove all that out the door and make your podcast soar with the editor core. The Editor Core is a talented, experienced team of podcast editors that have edited tens of thousands of hours of podcast content and are ready for yours now. Check out EditorCore.com because it's time to make your podcast soar. EditorCore.com. That's EditorCore.com. Do it.
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, to Two Guys Talking Horror, our review of the hit horror comic sensation, Something is Killing the Children. Uh, I want to talk about some of our highs and lows for the first 15 issues of this comic. Jason, give me a high. Not counting issue one, because we both love Because we, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I you know, I think obviously by default it's one of the best first issues I've ever read. So, yeah, not counting that. I think for me the high was probably the last story arc. And again, I know we we talked about not wanting to spoil anything because we want people to go out and read it. So, I'm I'm I don't want to say a whole lot because of that, but I have to say that the last story arc really started to develop more backstory about Erica. Mm -hmm. We got to learn more. We got to meet more of the people in town. And it just, things just reached a fever pitch. I mean, there is an entire sequence in that last arc where a large group of people in this town, not everybody, but most of them, there's a lot of them, are being kind of held, almost cornered and trapped in the school gymnasium. Yeah. Because the monsters are are outside and and they're coming. And it isn't just the children that that they could attack now at this point. <laughs> it's so it's so hard to I, I want to go into so many details because the arc is so cool. The order of St. George really gets involved. Anyway, I don't want to spoil too much, guys. You've got to read this. <laughs> that that third arc I think is probably um outside of the first issue. It's probably what I liked the most what about you well let's see a high for me would be the hindsight now going back and rereading because i was reading it month to month and you and i even talked about this there are a couple of issues yeah we're, and we'll admit it right now there were a couple of issues it's like wow i really wish this would be like issue one yeah yeah there were it, times yeah it, because it wasn't captivating it's it's a lot of exposition or it's a lot of hey, this is what we have to do to defeat the monsters. And it's like, if you read this in a chunk, like in a great, in a trade paperback, then, oh, you're in for a, a great ride. The high point is you learn to appreciate the storytelling because you can't be high, high, high. You can't be peaks all the time. You have to have those valleys or else you can't have another peak. Right. And and I, I think that that first issue spoiled me because it's like, oh, my God, it, it tapped into something. And then you're you, you come along for the ride and you're like, you kind of get a little sadistic and go, I want to feel that again. Hmm. What? Why would you want to feel that again? You sick son of a bitch. But I do. I want to feel that again. I want to feel what, that that's fear, that terror. Us horror fans want. That's why we yeah. do it. It's a safe. It's a safe way to get that uh, sick twisted feeling of being scared and not having yeah. to worry about, you know, dying. Right, right. All right, well, the, those were our highs. What about a low? Give me a low. It's hard to find a low point for this book, but if I would pick one, I think the biggest low is that at times it's almost a little too simple. Mm. Which is even weird to, to say that that is a low because... By being so simple, it is always pulling me back in to the next issue and wanting to know more. And there's 
so much that we haven't learned that this could go on forever, obviously, with a spinoff now. So, you know, there's a lot of things that I wanted to know in the first 15 issues that we haven't learned about. I want to know about other monsters, because these first 15 issues is really just one kind of monster. Yes. And I, I want to know what other stuff, if any, has Erica or anyone from the Order faced? And now maybe that's what the spinoff will be. Right, um, right. And so that might make my my low critique null and void. I, I don't know. I think if I was hard-pressed, I think at this point in time, depending on what's coming next from the series, I would have to say my low would be it's at times almost too simplistic. I My, my low would uh, kind of piggyback off of that. I, I don't want to... And maybe not a low, but more of a mediocre. I did not enjoy how convenient the wrapping up of things at the end of the third arc was. Oh, good point. Yeah, the wrap-up in issue 15 was a little... Um... The wrap-up felt... And this is just this is just me, but the wrap up felt like it was like wow that's awful convenient that this is happening, and that is happening, and that's going to negate the two. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And 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 I give it a pass because I'm like, well, you know, there's been fourteen and a half really great issues, and this kind of just was meh. So you know when you have. A, a giant mug of awesome and you put in a couple of drops of meh, it's not really messing up the flavor. But you know those drops of meh are in there, so it kind of you're expecting to taste it when you go back to your drink. Because I, I read James Tinian's Batman mm-hmm. and um, and I read his, uh, his Justice League. One thing that I noticed that he does is there will be times where he will have issues or arcs in those books as well, just like that, where it has that kind of meh feeling. And what I've noticed is that those are the times when he's usually dropping things that lead to other things. Mm. He seems to be a real long game player. I, I especially have noticed it in his Batman stuff more than anything else. Yeah where he'll have a storyline that will just be meh, but so many amazing things will come out of it that he's really focused on. So being that that's kind of an MO for him, I'm hoping, especially with the spinoff, I'm hoping that some of those meh issues will become a not so meh down the line after they've led to, or potentially led to other things, but, right. uh, but you know, only time will tell. Yeah, no, no, that uh, that makes that makes a lot of sense, actually. Okay, all right, maybe uh, maybe things will work and, out. Yeah, again, that's just based on on what he does with other stuff. I mean, maybe right. he's not doing that here, but we'll, we'll see. Again, like you said, only time will tell. Yeah, uh, what we really want to focus on right now, though, is what you think about something is killing the children. If you're a fan of the book, tell us your thoughts. If you've never heard of it before, but now after listening to this episode, you want to seek it out, and then you have sought it out, we want to hear your thoughts. No matter what you're doing, tell us your thoughts. You can go to our website or any of our social media sites. Two guys talking horror were everywhere. Head on over, 
share, share, share in the horror. Now we could take another half hour, if not more, talking about this book, but then we would be deep in spoiler territory. So to keep this, to continue keeping this a mostly spoiler-free review of something is killing the children, we're going to end things here. So until next time, folks, I've been one of your hosts, Nicholas J. Hearn. I'm your other host, Jason Contini. And remember, don't be afraid of the dark. Be afraid of what's in the dark. You have successfully survived this episode of Two Guys Talking Horror. Thank you for listening. Be sure to connect with us through all of our social media outlets. Ha 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 ha!